0: Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We are so glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. You know, if you've been watching the broadcast over the last several weeks, then you know there's some pretty big things going on in our lives, in this ministry, in the outreach of this ministry. And if, uh, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, in short, we're starting a church (laughs) and this has been something that has been in our hearts for a long time. As a matter of fact, it's been almost 10 years since Sarah and I first started dreaming out loud about some of these things. We laid in bed together the night before Thanksgiving 2009, just laying there, looking up at the ceiling and just started talking, just started dreaming, just started uh, saying things that honestly I didn't really know where they were coming from. I see now they were coming up out of the heart of God and it's been all these years just in the works and growing in our hearts and we believe that the time we're in right now is the right time to launch out and to step into some of the things that the Lord's called us to do. So Legacy Church is on its way. And I guess the, the other big part of that is it's not here where we've spent our lives so far in Fort Worth, Texas. The dream that really, uh, began all those years ago was the dream of being up in the mountains. Uh, we saw ourselves in Colorado having land, having property, having a place to, to have our own team of people and our family to do life with. And, it's a long story, but the bottom line is it's happening and the ministry is moving. We are moving on up as they say, and we are headed towards the mountains just outside Colorado Springs. The Lord has directed us to a beautiful piece of property. So we're moving. Our families are moving. The staff is moving. Our whole team is moving there and other people from around the United States, uh, people that the Lord have has connected us to over the years. They're coming to be a part of this thing. And we're just so stirred up about it. So uh, we're going to be telling you more about it over the next several weeks, the next several months as the Lord unfolds it to us, as the vision gets clearer and clearer every single day, we want it to be clear to you. And one of the things he has said to us about the assignment and the mission on Legacy Church is that it will be a place that is convicted and believes at the heart of it that Jesus was, is, and will always be the answer because he is Jesus for every generation, the same yesterday, today and forever. And the assignment on this place, this place is called to be a local church with a global call and it will be a platform from which we reach the nations and serve our generation globally with the word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace how to experience a whole life prosperity and how to raise a family in the house of faith. That's what this church is all about. That's what this step of faith that Sarah and I are taking together with our family and our staff, our team. That's what this step of faith is all about. I want to tell you more about it in the weeks to come. But there's a thought that occurs to me as we walk this out and I realize it's a big step and, and there are times when the, the weightiness of it and the gravity of it hits my heart and I, and I I realize, man, we are, we're, we're taking a big step here. We're, we're leaving some things, not losing things, just leaving things. And Jesus said in the book of Mark, that nobody's ever left house or home or family for my sake in the gospels that will not receive now in this time, a hundredfold return. And that's what we're stepping out on faith in and the gravity of it does occur to me every now and then. But, but sometimes when we tell the story, you know, honestly, it just seems like the next thing to do. I know it's a big deal to, to pack up and head out of town with your family. I realize that's a big thing, but when you are committed to walking by faith, when you are committed to finding and following the plan of God for your life, sometimes the thing that seems so big and the thing that seems like it would be so hard to do when you've got confidence in your heart that you've heard from God, much of the time, the next thing, even though it might be a step across the country, It doesn't seem that big and what might look like an impossibility to most people, you're living with the realization that all things are possible to him who believes that with men. Yes, this would be impossible, but with God, Jesus said it, all things are possible. We spent, I don't know, months and months in last year talking about what Jesus said concerning all things being possible to you and I who believe. What he was saying is, it can be done. And that's what we're saying right now as we step up to this change and this transition in our lives. Hey, it can be done. And the Lord, like I said, has directed us to a piece of property. It's a lot of acreage, over 150 acres right on Highway 24, but mountain acres just outside of Colorado Springs. Uh, beautiful property. There's a building there, there's multiple cabins there. It's a beautiful spot. It needs a lot of love. It needs a lot of love. Millions of dollars worth of love. If you understand what I mean. And there are a lot of people that would step up to this and say, this looks like an impossibility, but we're living with the realization and the revelation that with God, it can be done. Now, here's what I want to spend time focusing on today and over the next several weeks as the Lord leads us. Go with me. If you've got your Bible to the book of Mark chapter 11. And if you remember in Mark 11, uh, beginning in verse 12, this is familiar to a lot of you. It says the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he, Jesus was hungry and seeing, a f- seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps it would have something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves or so it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, verse 20, if you skip ahead, it says in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots and Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree, which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, verse 22, Mark 11, 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. That's the answer. That's the answer to the question. Every time A believer finds themselves in the middle of a seemingly impossible situation when the question is, what am I going to do? The answer always is have faith in God. That's the answer. What are we going to do? Have faith in God. How are we going to fix this? Have faith in God. What are we going to do about the finances? Have faith in God. How are we going to launch this church? Have faith in God. That's the answer. Every time put your faith in God. And what Jesus was saying is this is how he did what he did in this situation how he spoke to that fig tree and they saw results from the words that he spoke. He's saying this happened because of faith in God and the same thing will happen in your life. Why? How? Because of faith in God. He went on to say in verse 23, assuredly I say to you, whoever says, to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You realize this is the life that you and I as believers, especially those of us who are in what we call the house of faith. This is what not only we call it what the scripture calls the household of faith and growing up in this household. Take it from me. You live by what you speak. Your words dictate the direction your life will take. Your words determine what you will see, what you will have, what you will possess and where you will go. It comes back down to your words, but it's not just what you say. I want to put some different emphasis on this today because it's not just what you say. I want to talk to you not only about what you say, but about how you say it because that matters. It matters how you say it or in other words, where it's coming from. You notice Jesus in this whole account, there was no questioning. There was no wondering when he walked up to this tree and it didn't have on it what he needed it to have on it. He spoke to it. But if you notice, he spoke with two things. Number one, authority and number two, certainty, or you could say boldness. It wasn't just what he said to this tree. It was the boldness that he said it with. It was the certainty that Jesus said it with. And this was the thing that so marked and defined his ministry that literally people, people couldn't wrap their heads around it when they heard from him, when they were in a crowd where he was speaking. You go back through the gospels and take note of every time somebody marveled at what Jesus said and they said, where does he get this authority? Where does he get this boldness? Where does he get this authority? And they compared the way he talked to the way all the other religious people talked all the way the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the professors of the law, the way they spoke and people just the common person observing and listening to Jesus. They could tell there's a difference between him and everybody else. And it wasn't just the miracles. Do you realize that? And I realized those things are astounding. And absolutely when somebody who's born blind and now they can see that gets people's attention. Somebody who's lame from the womb, but at the words of authority, they're, they're made to rise up and walk again. That gets people's attention. But you go back and study these miracles and over and over, it wasn't just the miracle that woke the people up. It was the words that did the miracle and they asked him and themselves, where does he get these words? Where do these words come from? See this life of faith that you and I are called to live within the house of faith. It's not just about what we say, although what you say is so important, it's about the confidence with which you say it. I want to talk to you today and over the next several weeks about this confidence. This is supposed to define us. This is supposed to characterize us the same way it did Jesus. There ought to be people in your life and in mine who say the same thing about us that they said about him. Where does he get these words and not just the words, but the boldness, the confidence and the authority. Listen to this from the book of Hebrews. Again, if you've got your Bible, turn there and look. If you don't, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen for you. But in the book of Hebrews chapter three, this is what it says in verse six. It says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast, the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm, to the end. Man, every word of this is so important. Sometimes you got to just go back to scripture and spend time with every word of it. Listen to it again, but Christ as a son over his own house. So we're talking about his house. I've already talked to you about this today being in the household of faith. So we're talking about the house. This is what it means to raise a family in the household of faith. There are things about this family that define this family. Even when you can't find these things in any other family, in any other place around the world. And when you grow up in a house, you find out who you are, especially when you're young and you go to mom and dad and say, Hey, can I go here? Can I do this? Can I go with these people? And mom and dad say, no, no. And you go, why? It's not fair. Everybody else is. And they say, what? I don't care what everybody else does in this house. We don't. We don't go there. We don't do, we don't do that. We don't say that. How many times have we gotten in trouble for saying something at home that we heard some kids say at school, And all of a sudden when you said it in this environment, you knew right away something wasn't right about that. And I think it, the, the, the telltale sign that you had messed up was that eerie silence that filled the house as mom and dad turned to you and said, uh, what did you just say? You said, well, so-and-so says it and they say it all day, but then you find out who we are when they say to you, I don't care what they say in this house. We don't talk like that in this house. You find out who you are and the family you're a part of with these kinds of statements in this house. And that's exactly what this scripture is saying in this house. What house? The house of faith as, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, whose house we're a part of, whose house we're in. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end. He's telling us that we're a part of this house. We are in and of his house if we hold fast the confidence. In other words, confidence is supposed to be one of the things that define us, that differentiate us from everybody else and uh, every other family and every other house in this world this confidence living with this confident expectation. The next word he used here was the confidence and the rejoicing of hope. So this is where these two things come together and this is laying a foundation for where we're going in the next several weeks. Confidence and the rejoicing of the hope that we hold firm to the end. Hope, hope has to do with the future. Hope isn't really about the here and now. You don't hope for what you can see because if you can see it, the Bible says it's not hope. Hope has to do with the unseen and what, what time tense, if you will, is still yet unseen. It's not the present. It's the future. Your future is still as of yet unseen. You haven't been there yet. You haven't yet seen it. You haven't yet experienced it. And that's why it's called hope. Hope is this, this expectation of the good that is yet to come. And we're supposed to be confident about what's out in front of us. Now, most people, if you were to ask them to describe life right now, tell me about life right now. Give me some details. What's your address? Where do you live? Where, you know, where do you work? Where do you go to school? Where's your house? All these kinds of things people can tell you and describe with great detail and great confidence about here and now about what's going on in the present. They can tell you about what they've got. They can tell you about what they don't got. They can tell you about what they wish they had. They can tell you where they live. They can tell you where they work. And most people, if you ask them, actually a lot of them, even if you don't ask them, (laughs) they are quick to tell you about what's going on right here, right now. But if you turn right around and say, okay, now describe to me your future. Now tell me about where you're headed people can't talk with confidence about the future. They don't talk with boldness about where they haven't been yet and what they haven't seen. As a matter of fact, most people talk with great uncertainty and even fear about the future. We don't know what it holds. We don't know what's in tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And because we haven't seen it, we don't know. And that, that, unseen and unknown feeling tries to breed fear and uncertainty about people's future. But as believers, as people who are called into this house of faith, walking by faith and not by sight, you and I ought to be able to describe with great confidence what our future holds with great certainty, about where we're going and what we're doing in our lives out in front of us. Even though you've never been there, even though you've never seen it as a believer, we have hope. We have hope. Now hope is just an expectation. Hope. That's really what it is, is an expectation of what's to come. And the only person really with any reason to hope for anything good in life is the person who's put faith in Jesus and faith in the word. Now, I know a lot of people throw around the word hope. They throw around the idea of hope. It's, it's a word that gets brought into the political arena, hope for our future. It's a word that people like to use. We've got hope for what's ahead, but if you don't have faith in Jesus, then you have no firm foundation from which to hope for the future. At the very best, it's just wanting it really bad. It's wishing for it really hard. The only person who has the reason and the framework and the foundation to hope, is the one who's put faith in Jesus. Faith is a platform, it's a foundation. And from that foundation springs this hope, springs this expectation of good. But right on the other hand, fear is a platform, fear is a foundation. And this is the foundation that most of the rest of this world has built its life upon. And just like faith, fear yields an expectation. Fear produces an expectation, but it is not hope. It's worry. See faith is to fear. What hope is to worry. Worry is an expectation, but it's not one of good. It's bad. It's fear. That's what worry is. It's expecting the worst possible outcome worried about the finances, worried about the children, worried about the job, worried about the future. But here in this house, in this house of faith, you and I are called to face our future in faith and in confidence and in boldness. Now in the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at scriptures that deal a lot with our boldness. And one of the things that's interesting to me is you begin to study just the word itself, boldness, boldly, you know how the scripture in the book of Hebrews calls us to come boldly before the throne of grace. Well, that word, when you look it up, it's an interesting definition. It literally translates to unreservedness of speech. It has to do with Not just with what you say, but how you say it. That boldness that so marked the ministry in the life of Jesus is the same boldness confidence and authority that's supposed to mark your life and you and I are supposed to be able to declare with boldness what's in our future. Yeah, I may not be able to give you the address of the future, but I can tell you with confidence and with certainty, it's good. It's bright. Mercy and grace are in my future. I declare this with boldness and somebody says, how how can you say that? How can you say that about the future? You've never been there. You've never seen it. You don't know you say, well, look, I'm building my life on a different platform than you. I'm building my life on this platform called faith and it produces an expectation of hope for the future. And here are the words I want to leave you with on this broadcast right here. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 16, he said, when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all the truth and he will show you things to come. That's the privilege that you and I have as born again believers full of the Holy Spirit of God, we can hear and we can see the things that are to come and we can declare with boldness and certainty that our future is good. Watch this and I'll be back in just a moment.